stand and let's pray. As I said, Happy New Year, the, the subtitle of my message is the Happy New You. And I'm going to show you uh, what God is really shouting at us. If any of you hear the voice of God and you do, God is shouting what I'm about to give you. So let's pray. Father, thank you for the, uh, just the blessedness of this year, how you have absolutely restored things that the enemy has ripped off. And Lord, we believe that it will be returned sevenfold, and we haven't seen it all yet, but it will be returned. Father, you have stated to us that um, there would be a unique anointing that would manifest from this church greater than it's ever experienced before, and God, this church has great history. But Father, we are going to move into that realm and see the blessedness of what you've called us to accomplish. Thank you, Lord, for this time, Lord. Thank you uh, for my brothers and sisters who are amazing. They are your sons and daughters. They're my brothers and sisters. And, and Father, I know you're proud of them, but I'm very proud of who they are and what they are doing. Bless every person here today. Those that are listening to the computer now, Understand that this word is for you. And the word that you're about to hear is a word that's going to transform your life. So listen very carefully of what the Holy Spirit is bringing you. Thank you, Lord, for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you are seated. Well, Happy New You. You know, I am really happy because the past few weeks, I've had to go to the store a lot groceries, different things. We've had a lot of parties at our house. And you know, I'm standing in the line. How many of you know that when you stand in the line, there's all kinds of magazines and stuff that you can read? Well, you know, I, uh, did you know that they have magazines that literally they change your life? Wisdom flies out of them. Matter of fact, I read on one of them, did you know I can have a new life in just eight hours? <laughs> and so this coming week, and when I fly over to Colorado, I'm going to tell them I got I to gotta just set aside eight hours because I'm going to be the new me in eight hours, a new life. And uh, so when I get back, you're going to see the new me. I also found that I can have the same job but have less, less stress. So uh, bottom line, I have no stress. I also can lose 500 pounds by eating more. Did you know that? You can lose weight by eating more. So a lot of wisdom. And so I'm so happy that now I'm so smart. But I'm messing with you. But I am so amazed how easy it is to have New Year's re resolutions. And each year having them and no result. Let me read this to you. In 2016, I will get my weight down below 160 pounds. 2017, I will follow my new diet religiously until I get below 180 pounds. In 2018, I will develop a realistic attitude about my weight. In 2019, 
I will work out every day. And in 2020, listen closely, I will try to drive past a gym at least once a week and eat fewer cookies. (laughs) New Year's resolutions. My thought is this. For years, I was really shallow in setting plans and goals for my future. And one day something happened. First of all, um, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And then second of all, I read a book that really floored me. And I'll talk to you about that in a little bit. But I wondered now what it would be like if we who serve God did something completely different in our New Year's. Now, folks, it's good to lose 10 pounds or clean out your closet or stop speeding or quit biting your nails or exercise daily. That's a good thing. But I want to encourage you, bottom line, to do those things, but also there needs to be an addition. But in addition to those resolutions, can we think about spiritual things? Because God has a very specific and high purpose for your life. I have watched Christians for years say, this is what I'm going to do in the new year. My home is going to be different. My job is going to be different. I'm going to run my business differently. And at the end of the year, it's almost like failure takes place. It's like they forgot what they committed to. And did you know that God is a, and listen closely to this, God is a seasons God. I can say it this way. He's seasonal. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But with us, there are seasons. Because he knows you and I can lose focus. He knows you and I can, can get involved in things, and then after stuff happens, we have a tendency to back away from it and, and try to fix it, and we can't fix it, so we get frustrated and we quit. But again, every year, you always hear on TV, when you watch the ball drop, everybody's given their New Year's resolution. I would like every one of those people on TV, I would like for them to give a report at the end of the year. You know, did you really do what you said? I would suggest that they didn't because a lot of times New Year's resolutions has drawn us away from what new seasons really are all about. New seasons are for us to move into a greater developed lifestyle with God. And so God's purpose will never be seen or understood outside of a relationship with him. See, in new seasons in your life and in mine, in the things that we, we experience, we must understand, as I have been speaking on, that it's about relationship with God. This morning, I want to give to you two practical things that are very attainable. Because there's a lot of times you and I think about resolutions that are not attainable. Where we're at in that day, there's no way we can attain what we're believing for. And I'm not talking about believing what the Word of God says. I'm talking about believing what you have become resolute about. 
what you think that you need, the things that you think that you need to change. And I want to tell you what God is wanting for you and me to understand is this, that he loves you, that he is before the foundation of this earth, he had a plan for you, and his plan is still the same. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what type of home you have, childhood you've had, or life you have today, God's plans are yea and amen. And they're to manifest, but in many instances, because we have, not in a spiritual way, but we have set resolutions in our life, things that we want, and you know what? They're good. The things that we're desiring to change and to do and to accomplish and to do better and to do more, they're good. But in many instances, we fail because they're not the plan of God. They're not what God is saying to you. And God, who loves you more than you love yourself, has a greater plan for you. So again, it's a good thing to stop speeding. It's a good thing to not bite your nails. But this morning, let's begin to put together a real simplistic, that's the way I am, a real simplistic understanding of how do we attain God's plan in our life. Well, here's the first. January 1, I'm asking you that you plan to love Jesus more. And while you're thinking about that, turn to Joshua chapter 1, turn on your tablets, your phone, whatever, and go to that in Joshua chapter 1. As you turn, let me explain the difference between resolutions and a plan. A resolution simply is a commitment to a purpose. It simply says, my goal is to lose 10 pounds. A plan says, this is how I'm going to accomplish this commitment. I wonder if we have made a plan to love Jesus this year more. Here's one of the greatest deceptions in a Christian life or church today. Thinking that spirituality is just one of those things that just sort of happen when we show up. In other words, because I came to church this morning and I got here on time, my normal time frame, that now I'm more spiritual. And that I'm doing what I'm called to do, now I'm more spiritual. You know, the, the point that sometimes people will, will think this way, God was pretty lucky that I'm on his team, that I came to church. I came to his house, and I sang him a few songs, so I know God is happy with me. And I, that is not how spirituality takes place. It's not doing church. It's not... Uh, walking around and, and doing the right things, even though everything, and we have been just so proud and telling you, you know, all the things that you have accomplished, it's been amazing because much of it has been God's plan. 
But here's the point that I'm trying to bring to you is there something bigger than that? And the reason why a lot of people fail in their new year resolutions is because it is not spiritual and it is not a plan. It is just something that they feel through the, the year of listening to commercials about losing weight that I need to lose weight or that someone else did this or someone else got a better job or someone, you know, no. What is God saying to you? Each and every one of us need a plan to love Jesus more. So the, pl- the question is, what's your plan? What is it? So again, let me help you and give you a couple of specific things to carry out a plan to love Jesus more. First of all, to pray. Now, this is not rocket science. This is simple. Even though prayer is simple, it's not that easy. I'm not talking about feeling guilty either because you are not seeking God. Let me tell you what guilt will do for you. (laughs) Guilt will make you pray for three or maybe five days, and then you're going to stop. Guilt is not in the plan of God. If you are doing things because you feel guilty, or if you're sitting uh, in your seat right now and you're feeling guilty about things, decisions you made or whatever, you're looking back in your past and you're trying to better yourself, I want to tell you, stop. There's a difference between guilt and conviction. Conviction is at your heart, you know a plan. You know what you are going to be doing. And here's the reality that I want you to hear from me. And literally, it is a line from the Holy Spirit. Stop walking in guilt. Stop walking in condemnation because you're not doing something. And we have been so misaligned through the years because of New Year resolutions. Now, again, I'm telling you, New Year resolutions are good if they're the plan of God. By the way, God doesn't want guilt to be a part of your life, especially in prayer. So let me tell you about the book that I read. And since we're in the holidays, Christmas, uh, let me use a term, it slayed me. It's written by Leonard Ravenhill, who, by the way, he died in 1994. And the title is, Why a Revival Tarries. In page 19, a lot of the book he's talking to ministers. Page 19 literally ruined me in two statements. The first statement is, ministers who do not spend two hours a day in prayer are not worth a dime a dozen. That statement shook me. Now, I'll talk about that in a little bit. The second one, he said, by our attitude towards prayer, we tell God what has begun in the spirit, we can finish in the flesh. I believe that, that many people hear the Lord and the Lord says, this is your next step of life. And they get into the new year, and then they start trying to accomplish it through the flesh, through their own ability. And how many of you know if it's spiritual, your battle will not be flesh and blood. Your battle will be spiritual. And if you're battling the spiritual battle, 
by your flesh, you 100% of the time will lose. You'll lose. And that's why a lot of Christians get frustrated with God, frustrated with pastors, frustrated with church, frustrated at work, because what God is saying to you and to me is this, hey, I got a plan for you, and the plan was made way before you were even born, and it's a perfect plan. And I want you to be able to absolutely do everything that I've called you to do. So Pastor Ravenhill was not being legalistic in this statement. He said it later on in the book. But he is saying to lead a flock, a church, to lead a business, to be a business owner, to lead a family, to be a mom, a dad, to be a husband, a wife, it must warrant time with God in his presence. Thank you, Pastor Dan, for your explanation. Or... If you do not do it this way, you will face things you can't handle. Church family, there are some of us are going to face situations in the year 2020 that is going to be so unique year, it's going to be an amazing year, but some of us are going to face things that we can't handle. And the reason is, is because we don't understand how to make a plan. We don't understand that God has a plan for us, and we don't understand it's getting into God's presence that causes us to hear the secrets of how to handle life. Watch this even before that part of your life happens. My life has never been the same by being in God's presence. Many years ago, I was very, if you want to call it, successful in ministry, youth ministry, everything, running youth camps, all of that, traveling, speaking, all the different things when I was very young. But I didn't know how to be in God's presence. And the only thing that got me through those years was God's grace. But when I learned many years ago how to be in God's presence, to be in that secret place, to know Jesus more daily, to seek after him, and to have a heart to hear his voice and to know the things of God. That's when my life changed. That's when the security of, of, of living a life that is, is solid and even, not up and down, you know, happy one day, down the next, depressed one day and, and excited the next day. But it's because I found the secret place. I found the presence of God. You don't fetch God with programs of prayer. God wants relationship. And I'm not against programs of prayer. We do it. We're going to be announcing the fasting. But the reality, we do that. But I want to tell you, it's all about relationship. It has nothing, our fasting has nothing to do really with the food that has everything to do with relating with God. So follow me with a thought. I'm, I'm still trying to introduce this. Many in our churches are bored with God. They're miserable because after a few minutes, they have nothing to say and can't hear the Creator. 
And many Christians are thinking, what's wrong with me? Every time I try to pray, I fall asleep. Here's the question. What makes prayer come alive? In Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, it says, Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Anybody in this room want to prosper? That's exactly what it's telling us. Verse 7 and 8 is not just talking about financial prosperity either. It is God's will for your life to be one of those people that everything you touch turns to gold. I know in today's politically correct, you know, days that, oh, you can't talk, you know, rich people are evil, whatever. I want to tell you, church, stop listening to the world. God says, I have given you a way to prosper. And it's not just talking about money. It's not just talking about you having hundreds of dollars in your pocket. It's talking about you being successful and prosperous in every area of your life. He wants your family to turn to gold. He wants your relationships to be gold. He wants your ministry to be gold. He wants your businesses to be gold. Turning to gold is God's will for you because you have kingdom understanding. You love God with all your heart. Verse 8 again, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Psalm 1, blessed is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall also shall not wither, and whatever he does, he shall prosper. See, a few months ago I was flying home and uh, flying into the Ontario International Airport. And when they do that, they normally come around and then they travel quite a few miles uh, flying over Palm Springs a lot and into Ontario. And as I was flying, I was looking out and I just said, I live in a desert. How many of you know you live in a desert? So when it doesn't rain for three months, you live in a desert, okay? But what I saw though is there were a few places where there were ponds, man-made, whatever, a few places where there were some lakes. Did you know that around all those lakes there was green trees and grass? And see, this is what the Word of God is saying. He is saying to you that when you begin to live your life and you begin to walk in this anointing and you begin to pray because you have a plan of loving Jesus more and knowing Jesus more. You begin to pray, you're going to begin to see the areas of your life, the result of the green grass and the trees and the fruit 
and the blessings of the Lord. The second uh, practical way to love Jesus more is meditation on God's Word. So we pray, and then we meditate on God's Word. What does that mean? Now, the answer, it is not some Eastern form of meditation where you curl up, you know, on the beach and you put your hands out and, and you come to some form of nirvana where you empty yourself. Let me tell you the opposite of that, of meditation, where a lot of people think meditation is right, where you empty yourself. God doesn't want to empty you. God wants to fill you. And, and, and the thing that we, we have to understand is that God doesn't want to just empty you in the sense he wants to forgive you. He wants to remove. God removes sin when you confess sin. And we have to get to that place in our life what does that mean? Biblical meditation is filling by speaking God's word. There, bec there becomes a focus into the word of God. When you speak the God's word, when you begin to do that, what it does is your focus, meditation, is on what God says. And what it does is that your mind and heart becomes filled with the knowledge of God's word. So how do you love Jesus more? You pray. We told you how to do that. And then also you begin to get in the Word of God and speak the Word of God. It is God using your mouth to direct your mind that affects your heart. And let me tell you why that is good, what I just taught you. Because that's the way God created you. God is a speaking spirit. You are a speaking spirit. You are to speak the word of God. When By doing what I am saying, you are literally functioning in the way you were created. See, as you begin to speak and pray his word, a passion manifests. That's why a lot of Christians, they, you know, their, their Bibles are on their mantle and they're dusty. Their phones, they don't have an app that they go to the word of God. I get up in the morning, I press my phone because I have it next to my bed in case there's an emergency, but I press my phone and boom, there's the word for the day. I don't put my feet on the ground, on the floor, until I read the scripture, day and night. When you find meditation, day and night means all the time. I always crack up. People try to explain away day and night. Okay, what's, what is there other than day and night? There isn't. So it's day and night. So in other words, it's 24-7. So we need to just get out of that mentality trying to, you know, make everything so comfortable in church. It's day and night. It's literally talking about the depth of your love for Jesus is day and night. Now, again, remember I said in that book that, that he's not talking about that if I'm not praying for two hours and I'm worthless, he is talking about having a heart to pray, is having a heart to dive after and to know Jesus. Psalm 55, 17 says, evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Daniel 6, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home 
and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. Oh, okay, that's it. That's how it's going to work. I'm going to do it three times a day, open my window that faces where Israel is. No. We get so enamored by this programming. And we get so programmed, relationship never happens. It's not how long you pray, but that you pursue God out of love day and night. Pursue him in prayer and pursue him by speaking God's word and let that, watch this, let prayer and let speaking God's word catch you. And a lot of times we're, we're trying to make it feel better. No, let it catch you. Ephesians 1, watch this. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. So let me say this, or say it this way. Every time you plan to pray or speak God's word, you must worship. Psalm 100, enter into his gates. Pastor Dan, remember? Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Never come in with complaining or your sin. It is amazing to me how most people's conversation with God or relationship with God is either I need help or I have sin. And I'm telling you, when you go to have relationship and know Jesus more, get rid of your sin before. Amen? The Bible says you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, then go into the presence of God. Amen. And, and we don't do it by complaining. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful. Oh, I can't be thankful for what's going on. Be thankful that he is a God that has a plan for you, and that plan will take place if you will hear it and begin to walk in it. I'm setting you up for success next year. I promise you, if you will listen to this 10 more times, amen, listen to this and begin to see it as a lifestyle it will absolutely change everything in your life next year. But let me give you a secret. God's already planned to change everything in your life next year. Why not just do it God's way? What we need to do is pray and speak, meditate on the Word. There was a gentleman, I uh, lived in the South. My wife's from the South and her parents from the South. I lived there a little over nine years, and a gentleman named George uh, Washington uh, Carver was an uh, amazing man, and the history of this man 
is he researched <laughs> the peanut in the 1800s. See, after the history of slavery and all the different things, the South basically went broke. In his research, he found 150 uses for the peanut. Isn't that amazing? 150 uses. And his findings revitalized the whole economy of the South. Somebody asked him one day a question. And now, the answer he gives, I want you to correlate it with what I've been speaking about of loving Jesus. Somebody asked him one day this question, Mr. Carver, how did you think of 150 uses of a peanut? And his answer is this, anything will yield its secrets to you if you love it enough. Have you planned to love Jesus more in 2020? That's true of God, and he wants to reveal them to you. As you develop this relationship, moving and going into the secret place, into the presence of God. You cannot find it in a program. You can buy all kinds of books, and if they send you, if you do this, 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 a program, it's not going to work. God shares in a relationship. Make a plan to love Jesus more in 2020. Here's the second resolution. Set your heart on heaven. Set your heart on heaven. And let me just, it's not in your notes, but let me just say it this way. Not just on earth. Set your heart on heaven. Why is that? Why would I, I say set your heart on heaven? Well, let me, let me show you. Imagine with me if you lived in a culture of an arranged marriage. As you were growing up, they checked out all your friends and they chose one for you to marry. They had a picture of the one and asked you when you turned 18, you want to see the picture? Let me ask you, how many of you would want to see the picture? Of course you would. Why? Well, let me give you a secret before I tell you the why. This is true of you. The Father has arranged a marriage for you. And there is a picture in the Bible. You'll find it. Matter of fact, you find it in six people in the Bible explain it. And I'm going to only tell you of one and a half. There are six case, cases in Scripture where someone witnessed heaven and wrote about what he saw. How many of you want to see those, the six? Yeah, okay. Well, again, I'm going to show you one and a half. You're going to have to find the other. The clearest one is found in Revelation chapter 4. But let me read to you what David said. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For a day in your courts, heaven, is better than a thousand days on earth. 
I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. In other words, that I don't focus on the world. I don't focus on what's going on in my life. But I begin to have a heart for heaven. David had seen the beauty of God in heaven. And let me just tell you, God will show it to you too. Listen very closely to your pastor right now. We are ending this year, moving into 2020. Something that very unique is going to take place is God is going to begin to show you things that you've never seen before in your life. When you get in the Word of God, when you are doing the things that what I'm talking about, the prayer, you're going to begin to see things like, whoa, there's going to be revelation. There's going to be understanding. Why? Because you planned to, to love Jesus more, and you planned to get heaven as number one priority of seeing heaven and living your life based on what's in heaven, not what's going on in, in this earth. But isn't there a scripture? Yeah, there is. That says that when you begin to walk in faith and believe that all of heaven will come on earth for you? That's God's promises. Well, let me read uh, Revelation 4 and give you a description. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately, I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was, in other words, like see-through. Around the, the, the throne, in appearance like an emerald, around the throne were 24 thrones. And on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures, watch this, full of eyes in front and in the back. On Wednesday night next year, I'm going to go over this and I'm going to show you what everything represents here in heaven. But uh, that's future attractions next year. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature like a calf. The third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Can you just imagine that? Whew. Who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders jump off of their throne and fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist 
and were created. What did I talk to you about? The practical things is to love Jesus more. Amen? How do you do that? By prayer and speaking the word of God, and it will catch you. And then you begin to transform your thinking of not just what's going on on earth and this person is hateful and this person I don't like and this person's mean and all that. No, but your focus is on heaven. Let me just tell you, your boss tells you you're not getting a raise this year or heaven is exploding with glory. Holy, holy, holy is our God. When my mind is on I'm not getting a raise, or my mind is on falling down before God. Remember, pray day and night, sitting on the throne, the crown, and every time they cried out, holy, 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 they would throw the crown down and they'd fall on the ground and they'd worship God because their heart, their mind, their thinking was on Jesus 24-7. So the book that I read that, that literally slayed me, that, that almost ruined me, but it was true. But I got a hold. I got a hold of the spiritual things. And that's why I want to tell you, there's demonic entities that want to get into your resolutions. There's demonic entities that wanted to bring poverty in your life and to steal and kill and destroy and I want to tell you, it's because we have literally tried to do God's work in the flesh. We have to have the mind of Christ. We have to have a, a heart that knows that all heaven is there for us. I know that the notes are done. Okay? So, but don't move. Put your notes down. Will you be God's friend? You know, God thinks you're great. Some of you young people here, no one's ever talked to you like this. But God thinks you're great. But you think you've, you've messed up. I'll, I'll say it. You think you've screwed up. You think that you're, you know, worthless. You think you're ugly. You think that, you know, because people say you have to be this certain way. You have to think this certain way. No. You think the way God created you to be. Because the way God created you, young people, you're awesome. You're great. You have great giftedness. And I know in this world there are some evil, mean people because there's an evil entity called Satan. But the reality is greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. Don't you dare allow the world, the mindset of the world, to be your source. My source is is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. My source is what's in heaven. And when I walk in faith, what is of heaven is on earth in my earth. But we try to do it in the physical. You cannot find Jesus in a program, but in a relationship. And the Lord's inviting you, not just salvation, He's inviting you to be his friend. He's inviting you 
to spend time with him. It's not two hours a day. It's the heart. Everyone got that? Because I don't want you to walk in the races. Pastor says, I got to pray two hours every day. Because if you think I said that, if you think Rabin Hill said that, then you're going to fail in 2020. But I'm saying when you have a heart to do it, you're going to accomplish. God's going to anoint you. You're going to walk in his power. And you will see God. Your homes will be changed. Your family will be changed. Your business will be changed. Let's all stand. Here's my challenge for you in 2020. Find the six cases where they witnessed heaven. And let me tell you, it's not in Raven Hill's book either. <laughs> it's in the Bible. Seek God. Can we join hands with those that are next to us? Father, I proclaim in Jesus' name as a lead pastor of this church, I proclaim the blessings over each individual home. Salvation is a part of our lives. Every family member that we have in 2020 will know the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, through our lives. Through our lives, they will be changed. Why? Because we've grown more in love with you and we see all things through the eyes of heaven. Life on this earth is not bad. Life on this earth is good. Because you have planned a plan. All good things come from the Father above. And your plan for our life is good. Father, I learned many years ago that if life to me is not good it's because I've gotten out of your plan forgive us because we listen to the world forgive us because we walk in the grocery line and we see that life can change in eight hours no life can change when we love you more life can change when we see things through the eyes of heaven Blessings upon blessings upon each individual here and every home represented. Lord, we pray. Valley Community Church will absolutely explode in ministry around the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just begin to thank the Lord with your voice. Thank you, Lord. We worship and we honor you. Holy, 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 holy is our God. Lord, we set our crowns down. 
We put our faces on the ground and we say, holy, holy is our God. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, direct, correct us. 2020 will have such clarity of seeing in the spirit realm that we will look back and say, why didn't we know this till now? (laughs) Your plan, God. Your way, God. Not ours. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Give the Lord an applause, would you? Well, Happy New Year, but really, Happy New Year. God bless you. Have a great day.